Manhood and Christ-likeness are synonymous. Why does this affect us? You're about to find out. Welcome to the Man Church Podcast. Without wasting any more time, I just kind of want to get started. And uh, I'm going to start today with a, a, a story in the Bible about a, about a centurion and his servant. And uh, we're going to be in the, in the book of Matthew, chapter 8 starting in verse 5, and I just kind of want to read this text just so that we can get some context with what we're going to be talking about here. In verse 5, it says, And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, entreating him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home sick with paralysis, terribly tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. But speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he was amazed and said to those who followed, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will dine with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be thrown out into outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus says to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that very moment. When I read this story, I just really... it it. it Two things kind of strike me. The first thing is that Jesus recognized the centurion's faith as a great faith, a faith that he had not seen. And so that kind of intrigued me, and started, I started asking, like, what was it about his faith that, uh, that was so great, you know, that, made, that, that caught Jesus' attention? And I go back to verse 8 and, or, and verse 9, the centurion basically says to him, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. And then he says, for I am a man under authority. And that really struck out to me. And as men, I think this is very significant as men. Um, the deal is that the centurion recognized that Jesus was under authority. He, didn't rec- did he, he really didn't recognize his authority. He knew that him being under authority granted his authority. Mm. And I think that's significant because I think that that sometimes we want authority. You know, Dr. Cole would say mediocre men want authority without accountability. Mm-hmm. And what is accountability except for us to be under authority? And so to maximize manhood, to be a to be a godly man, to be a, a to pull the all of the potential in my own manhood, I have to Put myself under authority. Now, the obvious thing is I have to be under the authority of the Word of God and under the authority of God the Father. But I do believe there's also a place for a man, for a spiritual father, for a father to come into my, like a Paul to a Timothy. There's a power in me being under authority of another person. In other words, giving them permission, cooperating and being under their authority, giving them permission to speak into my life to see the blind spots. And when you put yourself in that vulnerable situation, it actually qualifies you to have authority. Mm-hmm. And so I see this like, like at work. If, if, you, if you have a job, 
your ability to get under authority of your boss will actually open doors for your promotion. They're not going to promote anybody that's not under authority. They're only going to promote, right, in the natural. We see that. And even in my marriage, when my wife sees me being under authority and having someone that can speak into my life and correct me when I need to be corrected, it allows her to be under my authority. And not. And, and remember, when I speak of submission and being under authority, it's not a dictatorship. It's actually the person that's choosing to be under is actually choosing to cooperate with the roles and the vision of the unit. Mm -hmm. So when my wife submits to me, I'm not lording over her. I'm actually loving her like Christ loved the church so well that she says, I can cooperate with that and I can help you. And I can, I can take our, we can take our family unit to another level. And so I think it's critical that as men, that we understand what being under authority means. So what, what would he, what do you have to say about that or what what how do you work that out as far as being under authority maybe even in your position but also just practically in your marriage yeah. and in your relationships yeah you know authority was always a problem for me of course you know my story is i grew up fatherless i bounced around to different group homes and foster homes and so authority was a bad thing to me you know because rules without relationship lead to rebellion so i was rebellious and independent and learned how to survive um when I gave my life to Christ and I became a man of God and started reading the word and understanding, one of the first things that I understood, uh, I would say by the spirits, the only way I know how to explain it is that I needed to be under some spiritual authority. I needed to be discipled. I needed to be mentored and I needed to be fathered. That just came naturally with reading the word. You know, um, it's about order. You know, um, when I think of order, I think of strength. I think of power. You know, you have a vehicle uh, that fires in a certain sequence. You know, your plugs are firing in a certain sequence, but everything has to be in order. If it's out of order, then your car skips and you lose power, you know. And so there's order in the way the engine fires. And that's where you get your power from. And I believe that we get our power as men, as organizations, as businesses, as families from order. And it all starts with submission to God and submission to his word. Um, I've learned that submission releases the greatness in men. Um, I think about a horse. I think about a thoroughbred. You know, horses are beautiful animals. Wild horses just run the plains and eat up your grass. They serve no purpose. They're beautiful to look at. They're strong. They're full of strength. But that strength ha hasn't been harnessed to produce something. The greatness of the horse hasn't been released. But in God's order, he created the horse to work for the man. So the man takes the horse and he breaks the horse, trains him. And from that, the horse becomes an amazing animal that can race, that can pull, that can transport, whatever. But it fulfills its purpose when it's submitted to the authority of the trainer. Give you one more example that I love to think about all the time. I love boxing and MMA. The greatest fighters submit themselves to a training camp. What they do is they allow a trainer to speak into their life, to help their form, to make them better. Uh, the fighters that never become champions are the fighters that never submit. They rely on their raw talent. So I think submission is key to any man becoming who he's been designed to be. And uh, I do agree with you that when my family sees me submit to you, submit to whoever my leader is or whoever I've allowed to speak in my life, it makes it easier for them to submit to me because they learn order. They see order in action and they get a visual of the power of things being in order. So good. Yeah, I mean, and I think those are very, very great analogies and examples. And, you know, I think. I think one of the things that really stands out to me with the parable of the centurion 
is how he, when, when the centurion starts, you know, I was in the military, so when the centurion starts talking, I'm thinking, I get that. You know, sometimes if, if you don't, you know, if you have a military background, you kind of get, like, I tell these people to do this and do that, and they yeah. do it, because that's, that's kind of how the military operates, and uh, without that, there'd be no power, there'd be no, 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 uh, no uh, purpose, uh, you know, uh, pinpointed vision that mm-hmm. we we're all working towards, and so uh, it, it's just amazing how he, he, he recognized the submission of Jesus, and Jesus recognized that his recognition of that submission was great faith. Mm. Yes. Because it, it, because it takes great faith to know, like, because you're submitted to the Father. He, he, he saw Jesus. Because you only do what the Father does, I, I trust that you can just say a word and my servant will be healed. Mm. And he can't, I love it. The, at the end, he tells him uh, in, in that, inside that, uh, that parable, he says, as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And I think that this message of for men, one of the hardest things for a guy is is to submit. Yes, I mean, I think I think we all agree that it's hard for a guy to submit. Uh, it's hard. Uh, I don't I don't know what it. I mean, maybe chalk it up to pride, chalk it up to your your experiences in the past of being let down, of being abused, of being taken advantage of. I mean, the, it, it could be endless. Yeah. But the, the, at, at the end of the day, no matter what our experience is, we always have to go to the Word of God. And we have to allow the Word of God to be our truth. And we cannot allow the experiences of our lives to be our truth. If, especially when it, when it doesn't match up with the Word. It, you know, if it doesn't match up with the Word, I'm going to pick the Word. And, and I know that Jesus said that it was great faith for that centurion to recognize the submission and being under authority. And so I would challenge men today, you know, how do I, how do I do that as a senior pastor, leader of a church? You know, a lot of people say, Hey, well, the bug stops with you, but I have men in my life that I give permission to speak into my life that can, that can call my wife and find out how we're really doing. (laughs) You know, sometimes we'll, we'll ask a guy, Hey, how's it going? And the guys will say, Oh, it's going great. And then you see the wife and you're like, Hey, how's it going? Well, you know, I don't know. You know, I wish somebody would talk to him. Yeah. And, uh, and so some of that is just pride and, and some of that is just being embarrassed. And I think the, the devil tries to isolate us and to make us, you know, some of us think that's being submitted or submission means that you're losing because you know, when you wrestle, yes. you're trying to get somebody to it's submit but that's just, this is not the same, that's not the biblical idea of submission. Mm-hmm. The biblical idea of submission actually takes a lot of strength from the person submitting. Mm-hmm. You die to yourself when you submit. And, and, and it's a voluntary cooperation. Uh, when, when you really study the Greek word that he uses in Ephesians 5 when he tells the wives to submit to the husbands, it's really a voluntary, I submit, when, 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 when he says submit, he's saying, I want you to voluntarily submit to the leadership of your husband. So it actually takes a very strong uh, person to, to allow themselves to be under authority and to submit. And so the ladies get kudos because their, their strength allows them to be able to take that role. And as men, we've got to recognize that because they're cooperating and taking that role, we have to be able to um, to allow 
to, to recognize it and to do our part. And our part of that, of that agreement is to love them like Christ loved the church. And if we can do that, I believe that, that, that your marriage will change, your leadership will change. And so practically, um, give some, do you have any, any, any practical thoughts on like maybe some of the challenges that you've gone through in submitting and, you know, just to get really real. Oh with yeah. You guys? Yeah. I mean, you know, definitely. Um, you know, um, uh, let me just, uh, you know, I'll just use mine and your relationship. You know, you're the senior pastor. You're, you're my pastor. You're my boss. Uh, you know, our relationship has many different dynamics. I think that in a way our relationship has to be similar to a marriage, especially when we're running a church and there's a, you know, having to submit, um, has been tough at times, especially when you think you know better, you know, when you think you got better understanding of how things can happen. And I just got to be honest, sometimes I've felt that way and feel that way. And so submission begins at the point of disagreement. You know, there's no, no submission as long as we agree on everything. But it's at the point of disagreement that you have to submit. And I think uh, what you're saying about faith is it takes more faith to submit to a man than it does to just do things on your own. Because in the process of submission, you're trusting God. You're trusting first that God has spoken to your leader. You're trusting second that God is in control of your life, that if God be for you, then who can be against you? Um, you're trusting that, you know, no one really has authority over you except what you give them and that God is ultimately in control. And so all of those are processes that happen in the middle of being frustrated, being upset, being like, I can do something different. That's where my mind goes when it's when I'm in a, in a dilemma of submission or not submitting. It's like, man, I, I'm a capable man. I'm an able man. I don't have to stay here and do this. I can do other things. That's just my personal reaction when I find myself frustrated. But I understand that if I were to do that, then I would miss out on what God is doing. So I have to stop. I have to pray and I have to allow God to say, hey, man, I'm changing you. I'm transforming you. There's power in submission. The word humility means power under control. That's what the word literally means. Power under control. Um, uh, being able to allow that power to be harnessed for a greater good. And so um, learning how to work with a team, learning how to submit to one another. In Ephesians 5, as you're talking about right up above, before it talks about the husband loving the wife, the way that Christ loves the church and wives submitting to your husbands, it says submit to one another is unto Christ. You know, and I share all the time with the guys that, that talk to me. My wife is amazing. She's full of the Holy Spirit. You know, she 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 understands order by the Holy Spirit, not by me telling her you got to submit to me. And at the same time, I understand the responsibility that I have to be a good leader for her to follow. She's willing to submit. She's she wants uh, to follow me. She wants me to lead her. And so that puts the responsibility back on me to be a great leader, to pray, to hear from God, to make sure that I'm seeking wise counsel, to make sure I have a father in my life. They can help guide me, lead me, and direct me. So I hope all that makes sense. So practically, what am I saying? I'm practically, you know, yeah, it's tough. I, um, what do I do? Man, I have to pray. I get frustrated. You know, my ambition starts to rise up. My independence always comes up. It's pride. You know, as men, you were, you were saying, let me just share this one thing. You were talking about you don't know, we don't know where it comes from all the time. I think some of it comes from the fact we were made to have dominion. We were created in the image of God. We're made to be kings, but in our fallen nature, that kingship, that dominionship turns into selfish ambition. We want to rule because we were made to rule. 
We want to conquer because we were made to conquer. But that spirit must be sanctified mm. by the word. So we submit to God. We submit to the word. We submit to a spiritual father. And then people begin to submit that's to so us. Good. Yeah, that's so good because a lot of times what, what the a lot of times what we think is because that dominion is in us and we want to have kingship and it gets perverted because of the human because of the of the of the fall we think well we need to get rid of that well no god put that in you we've got to get that thing sanctified yeah, there's power you in know it. that thing has to be changed because it was put there for a purpose yes and and it was really to build the kingdom of god yes and i, I would say this you know uh, you know we always go to the we always go to a son and say okay son so what what did you, what do you have to do to to be submitted right well, there's another angle at this, and I'm speaking to men today maybe that are listening that are leaders. Leaders have a responsibility to provide an environment that can be submitted unto. Yeah, that's good. You know, and so if if we provide an environment where it's my way or the highway and we don't have any kind of communication and I don't have a patient endurance to build and raise sons, then it would be easy for me to start writing people off and saying, well, he's just not submitted and he's not this. But we've got to have something in us where we create an environment. You know, Paul said to Timothy, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But the question is, are we are we doing something that's worth imitating? You know, and, and, and a lot of times that's that's the issue is, is my life really an example? Am I being an example of how to father? Or am I becoming like a natural father? Most of our men suffer from a father wound. Mm-hmm. And because their fathers were very, most fathers, not all fathers, but most fathers were, are very performance driven. You do these things for me and I'll do these things for you. I mean, I parented like that for a long time before <laughs> I opened my eyes till the Lord kind of helped me. Yeah. And, and, and we do that in church when we're discipling. You can do for, what are you going to do for me? Everything is so self-centered and God is, man, when he came, he said, I'm going to make you into my image and and his image is love. He's he's love. Love says I don't. I never seek after. Love never seeks its own. So there is no self in love. It's only love is only outward. It's never for me. And and if we're really honest with ourselves as men, as women, as as just everybody, we're very selfish yeah. as leaders. And, and as leaders, we yeah. become very selfish with our mission, our ministries, and what we're trying to build and what we're trying to do. And so I would just say to, to men on the call today, you're leading, you're leading in some capacity. Maybe you're not leading a church, but you're leading a family. My question to, to the men today would be, where are you leading them? And what kind of example? Are you creating an atmosphere and an environment where, they, they can, where it's easy for them to voluntarily submit and cooperate with your leadership? Or are you difficult? Is it all about you? Yeah. You know? And I think those are the key things, I think. So, so I, I, would, I would chalk it up to the, the first thing is being under authority. Don't, don't ever forget Matthew 8. Go back to that scripture and read about the centurion and understand that it was a big, Jesus made a big deal out of the centurion recognizing submission. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I see in that. And so submission is, is a key. If you want to have victory, if you want to unleash the potential of your manhood, if you want to take your leadership, you got to ask yourself, who am I submitted to? Then you've got to get practical and you've got to look for the first thing you got to do is you got to look at yourself Mm -hmm. and you've got to say, am I creating an environment where, 
where the people that I lead can follow it? Am I, am I being a good example? Am I loving people? Or am I lording it? Am I a father or am I a pharaoh? Right? We've talked about that before. Am I really, what am I doing? You have any thoughts on on that? First, I just want to say that, you know, um, uh, my struggles of being independent minded and independent nature, being a survivor from the background that I come from, uh, what I've learned here is the power of submission by watching you as my leader and by you creating an environment where I can grow and learn and not cutting me off when I make mistakes, when my immaturity rises up and I, you know, I want to I want to run, you know, because it gets tough. You know, you've always provided a safe environment for me to come and, hey, let's talk about it. You know, I, I love the scripture. I use it all the time. The Bible says never rebuke an elder sharply, but appeal to him as a father. And you've always given me the ability to appeal to you as a father. And that takes a security in you. You know, an insecure leader doesn't want to be questioned. He doesn't want to be uh, criticized, so to speak. And so anytime there's any kind of uh what would be considered dissension in the ranks, he starts cutting people off, like you said. And your leadership makes it easy for me and all those men that we have around us to submit. And so um, that has helped me grow and understand. And I believe that I have grown and matured as a man, as, as a leader, as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, because I've been under your leadership and you've given me that opportunity. So I thank you for that. Well, thank you. Well, thank you all for joining in today, and I hope this was good for you. I hope you got some nuggets out of here, and I, I hope I hope that you'll listen to this, take notes on it, and really the, the, the real deal is to implement it yes. because there, you, you can take a lot of notes and you can just put it away and not pick it up till the next time. And I, my prayer for every man on, on the podcast today, and the reason that we're doing these podcasts is to be able to equip men to be better men, to be godly men. And I'm just going to tell you that the world is crying out right now for the manifestation of the sons of God. And, and we need sons. We need fathers. And uh, we hope that this becomes a platform where we can help equip men to be better and to unleash their potential. Yes. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you're hungry for more, catch up on our previous episodes by searching Man Church on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. To watch this episode on YouTube, go to Powerhouse Church's YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment and review so more men can find these episodes. To learn more on why manhood and Christlikeness are synonymous, go to manchurchinternational.com. See you on the next episode.